How many people are ready for God's Word? Come on, are you ready for God's Word? I want to give a shout-out welcome to our many guests here on site and the many who have joined us online from here in the city of Ottawa and from across the nation of Canada and even from around the world. I am so glad that you've joined us today. We are in a six-part sermon series that we're calling Closer. And uh, we're talking about different themes. In message number one, we talked about drawing close to God. And we looked at the story of Moses and the burning bush. In message number two, we talked about, about what do you do when the enemy's closing in on you. We looked at the story of David and Goliath. And we learned seven tactics that we can live out to push back the enemy when the enemy's pushing in on us. And we're being marked with fear. Last Sunday, we dived into Hebrews chapter 10, those three let us statements. And we talked about the things we need to do all the more in increased frequency as we see the day of the return of Jesus Christ coming. Well, today, for a couple of moments, I want you to get your Bible. I want you to turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. It's the fifth last book of the Old Testament. It's only three chapters. The name Habakkuk means to wrestle. He was the wrestler. And we're going to learn today that Habakkuk was wrestling with God. He was bringing his questions, his concerns to God. And he had a whole pile of questions. The book of Habakkuk is different than the other prophetic books because all the other prophetic books is God speaking to the prophet to God's people. But Habakkuk is instead Habakkuk speaking to God about his questions, about his burdens, and about his concerns, and he's calling out to God, and he's wrestling with these questions. Habakkuk ministered during the days of his contemporary, a prophet named Jeremiah, and he ministered during a day that was politically unrest-filled. Can you imagine that? There was political unrest. Doesn't that sound like our society today? And it was a day of cultural problems. Does that not sound like our day? And the context is the Babylonians were pushing against God's people in Judah. And, and Habakkuk was resting with God and bringing his questions and bringing his concerns to God. And for a few moments this morning, I want to walk you through the book of Habakkuk. And I want to talk to you. Here's the spoiler alert. I want to talk to you about lamenting and about praising. And i got to be honest with you, we Pentecostals like the praising. We like the celebration. We like to be joyful before God. But I want to talk to you today about authentic worship. And authentic worship includes lamenting and celebration. Lamenting. Did you know that there's a book called the book of Psalms and over a third of the Psalms are laments? Did you know that there's a book in the Bible called Lamentations where Jeremiah laments to God? And the book of Habakkuk is three chapters. And chapter 1 and chapter 2 are the laments. And then chapter 3 is the chapter of praise. In chapter 1 and 2, he expresses his pain. And then in chapter 3, he expresses his praise. Lamenting is intense grief and sorrow. It's a prayer of intensity, of deep grief and deep sorrow of calling out to God. And Habakkuk calls out to God. Now, church, watch this. If all we do is lament, we've got no hope. If all we do is celebrate 
our worship can be shallow, but, but guess what? You can be real with God. You can bring your burdens and your questions and your concerns to God, and his shoulders are big enough to handle your questions and your concerns and your burdens. And I don't want to be a part of a church that's not authentic. I want to be a part of a church that's authentic, where we can come with our real concerns in life's challenges, because we can present our laments to God, and he can handle it. But I'm here to declare to you today, we don't want to stay in lamenting. We want to move to praising. We don't want to stay in our pain. We want to move to our praise. But I think the question this morning is how do you transition from lamenting to praising? So I want to share with you two things today. And I just want to walk you through some teaching. And number one, I want to talk to you about learning to lament. And I just want to give you three things about learning to lament. And number one, When you're learning to lament, the first thing you need to do is declare your questions to God. At the root of questions is quest. And a quest is seeking to understand. And Habakkuk was seeking to understand. Let's look at verse 2 and verse 3. Here's his questions. Verse 2, how long, Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. I think there's some of you sitting here today and some of you watching online. You're like, I relate to that God. I'm calling out to you, but where are you? How long before you step in, God? I'm I'm pouring my heart out, but I feel like heaven is silent. He said, or I cry out to you, violence, but you don't say. All that Habakkuk saw was the Babylonians doing violence to the people of Judah. And he's like, God, where are you? And some of you are watching what's happening in Canada and around the world. And you're saying, God, where are you? Why aren't you stepping in? And I've got a word for you today. Just because you might feel like heaven is silent. It doesn't mean that God is inactive. But Habakkuk was real. God, I cry out to you. All I see is violence, but you don't save. Look at verse 3. Why do you make me look at injustice? Habakkuk all around him. Everywhere he looked, he saw in the injustice of the Babylonians. God, why do you keep having me look at that? Why, God, do you tolerate wrongdoing? God, why does it feel like the Babylonians are prospering, but your people aren't prospering? Why does it feel like the enemy, the Babylonians, it's going well for them, but it's not going well for us. And some of you today, you're like, I've been serving God. I've been faithful to God, but God, where are you? It feels like the enemy is winning. It feels like I'm on the losing side. I got a word for you today. God is still on the throne. He cannot be impeached. He cannot be dethroned. He is still the King of Kings. He is still the Lord of Lords. It's still his church and the gates of hell cannot Prevail against it. Come on, Woodville. Give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God this morning. Habakkuk said, why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There's strife. There's conflict. There's a, it's a bounding God. You see, number one, you got to declare your questions to God. Tell God your questions. He can take it. But then there's number two. You got to describe your complaints. And I'm going to show you in just a moment the root of the complaint from Habakkuk. And he brought his complaint to God. God, this is my complaint. This is my concern. And the heart of it is in verse 13. In verse 13, he said, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. Come on, God. I know you're pure. God, I know you're holy. I know you're righteous. You can't keep looking on this evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing, God. 
why then, God, do you tolerate the treacherous? Why, God, are you silent? Will the wicked Babylonians swallow up those like us who are more righteous than them? So, God, this is where the rubber meets the road. Why are you letting the Babylonians succeed and not us? Why, God? Why? That's the heart of his complaint. So, church, we can walk in here with our fake smile, and we can pretend everything's all right, or we can begin our praise with lament and bring our sorrow and our grief because we're real people on a real journey serving a real God. Come as you are and have an encounter with Jesus. How many people this morning know one encounter with Jesus can change your life forever? Come on. How many people know one encounter with Jesus can change your life forever? But then there's number three. You got to deepen your commitment to God. And I'm about to show you something that, 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 that Habakkuk applied from the physical to the spiritual. The physical was that every city in those days had large walls that surrounded them, that protected them, that kept the enemy out. And they had these large rock walls that were called ramparts. And on top of the wall, they would have a watchtower. And every city had watchmen. And the watchmen would be on the rampart. And they would walk the walls around the city, looking to see if an enemy was approaching. And they would often climb up into their watchtower. And they would look out to see what was before them. And Habakkuk picked up that physical analogy and gave it a spiritual analogy. Let me read verse 1 of chapter 2 because chap chapter 2, verse 1 is the segue. He said, I, this is verse 1, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I'm going to give to this complaint. You see, Habakkuk brought his complaints he brought his questions to God, but then he went to the place of prayer. How many people know what we need to do is get on our knees and pray? How many people know there's an election tomorrow and Canada's in crisis and we don't know what to do, but we can get on our knees and we can pray when life is tough and problems are there and mountains are before you and difficulties in your way. We got to get on our knees and pray. How many people know we need the spirit of Habakkuk that we need to to bring our burdens to God, but then we need to get in our watchtower. How many people know in this third morning service, we can call out to a God who's a good God, who's a faithful God, who's a God who cares at all times. Is there a witness in the house this morning that we serve a God who cares, who cares and understands? I want you to see the answer that Habakkuk received, and it wasn't when would God intercede, not even what God would do, and not even how long it would be. Look at verse 4. In verse 4, God said, see, the enemy is puffed up. The Babylonians were marked with arrogance. Their desires are not upright. But God said to Habakkuk, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Look this way, church. Pandemic is before us. God wasn't shocked by it. It doesn't make sense. We don't like what we're walking through. And some of you are walking through stuff you don't like. But God is saying to the house, you be faithful to 
to him. You cling to God. You don't let go of God. I'll tell you what the enemy wants you to do when life gets tough to run from God, but not on my watch, not in this house. When life gets tough, we're going to run to God in the name of the Lord. Amen. When problems come our way, we're going to cling into the arms of our God. Why? Because he's a faithful God. Why? He's a righteous God. Why? He's a God who cares, never leaves, never forsakes. Come on, Woodville. Give a clap offering of praise to our God who's a faithful God. And the answer that Habakkuk received was be faithful to God. I want to take you to number two. I want to talk to you about processing your praise. And I want to take just a couple of moments to give you six words Six applications of how you can segue from lamenting to celebration, from pain to praise, from authentically revealing your hurt, your pain, your grief, your sorrow, your problem, and moving to the place of joy and celebration. Number one, revere. Revere means to honor. Revere means to give honor that's due to someone I want to read to you verse 2 down to verse 4. Habakkuk says, Lord, I've heard of your fame. And when you study it in the ancient Hebrew, it actually reads, Lord, I've heard of who you are. Now let's back up a slide and let me put back on the screen Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 1 because in verse 1 it says this chapter 3 is a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet on Shiganoth. That's a tough Hebrew word. Can you say that word with me? Shiganath. One, two, three. Shiganath. And it actually means to stagger back and forth. And in chapter three, Habakkuk is staggering back and forth. He's lamenting and then he's celebrating. He's going back to his pain and then he's moving to praise. And he's staggering back and forth and he's all over the place in this journey. But he, in verse 2, put verse 2 back on the screen. He, he starts to revere, Lord, I've heard of who you are. You should see, church, focus on who God is. He said, I'm going to stand in awe or in reverence of your deeds, Lord. Then he says, God, would you repeat them in our day? God, in our time, would you make them known? In wrath, God, would you remember mercy? God, I'm standing in awe of who you are. Church, I've got a word for you. When you get a revelation of who God is, it's going to keep you in the difficult days. When you get a fresh revelation that God is faithful at all times at all times at all times he never abandons he never leaves he never forsakes he can never be dethroned he can never be impeached he's the king of kings he's the lord of lords he's the sweet rose of Sharon. he's the alpha the omega he's the beginning the end he's our savior our healer our baptizer our soon coming king he is faithful even when we're not faithful he is god and we're not god and we stand in awe of him and we give him glory and honor and praise and then in verse 3 God came from Teman he gets very poetic the holy one from Mount Paran his glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth verse 4 his splendor was like the sunrise rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden Habakkuk is processing his praise and he starts with revering God but then there's number 2 he began to review I don't have time to read verse 5 down to verse 15, but he reviewed God's faithfulness over the years. Let me read just verse 6. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and he made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed. 
but he marches on forever. I'll tell you what I read in that verse. Habakkuk was saying, God, you don't change. Everything's changing around me, but you changes not. Anybody glad that we serve a God who changes not? He is the same at all times. And then there's number three, rest. Can I be very transparent? This is where God is speaking to me because I'm looking around and I'm seeing what's happening in Canada and I don't like it. I don't like what's going on. I don't like the immorality. I don't like what's happening in our nation. And I'm disturbed. And I have a heart for this nation of Canada and a heart for the city of Ottawa. And there's a lot of difficulties happening. And there's days it actually feels like, God, where are you, God? When are you going to break in, God? We've been praying for revival. God, when are you going to show up? And I've been preaching that the best is yet to come. And, and the Lord just took me to the book of Habakkuk. And I want to show you Habakkuk was being so real. In verse 16, he said, I heard and my heart pounded. He's staggering back and forth. He wants to praise, but he's lamenting. God, it's affecting my heart. And my lips are quivering at the sound. And I feel decay creeping in my bones, and my legs are beginning to tremble. I love this. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation that's invading us. God, it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to put my trust in you. I know that the day is going to come that you're going to bring calamity on the Babylonians. Church, it might feel like the devil is winning, but I prophetically declare based on the word of God, Satan is not going to win. Satan is not going to win. Satan is not going to win. I declare Canada to be a nation that serves and looks to Jesus. I declare that revival is coming, that God is about to pour out a spirit in such a powerful way that signs and wonders like we've not experienced before are going to happen in the church and people are going to flood to the church because the hope for the nation of Canada is Jesus Christ. You might feel like calamity is all around us and heaven is silent, but my Jesus is not inactive. He's waiting and the day's going to come that he's going to bring a mighty move of God in these last days. And I say, Lord, I'm waiting patiently. I don't like what I see, but I'm putting my trust in you. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. I'm going to wait patiently, but then there's number four. Reflect. Reflect. I think it was C.S. Lewis that gave this quote. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures and he speaks to us in our conscience and he shouts to us in our pain. It is God's megaphone to a deaf world. March of the previous year, pandemic hits the world. And just for the record, God was not surprised or shocked. It's not like God looked to earth and said, where did that come from? Church, hear me. Nothing happens on earth until it passes through heaven's filter. God knew that this would come. And I believe that God is saying in these pandemic days to the church, 
wake up in the name of Jesus. Wake up in the name of the Lord. Lift up your eyes and don't look at the news and don't look at what's happening on planet Earth. Lift up your eyes to Jesus for your redemption draweth nigh. The night is far spent and the daylight is coming and Jesus is coming back for his church. This isn't the time for the church to stay in the place of discouragement. This is the time for the church to look up to Jesus. Is there a witness in the house today? In verse 17, Habakkuk takes us to the worst case scenario and he reflects and he says, oh, though the fig tree doesn't bud. He's like, can you imagine? We go out, people of Judah, and there's no figs on the tree and there's no grapes on the vine. The vines are empty and there's no olive crops because they fail. I studied the ancient Hebrew word for fail. And you know what it means? Disappoint. And I think there's a lot of disappointment today amongst Christians. And you feel like the olive crop of your life has disappointed you. You're disappointed with this and you're disappointed with that. He said, in the fields produce no field food. Habakkuk saying, you go out to the field and there's no food. You go to the sheep pen and there's no sheep. You go to the stalls and there's no cattle. He's reflecting and he's giving the worst case scenario. There's no figs. There's no grapes. There's no olives. There's no crops. There's no sheep and there's no cattle. And then there's number five. Write it in your notes. Rejoice because he's staggering. Shaganoth. And he's lamenting. But now he's celebrating. I love for all those those. There's a yet. And Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Job said, yea, though you slay me, I will trust in you. And I'm here to declare to you today, when he said, be joyful, when he said, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, it doesn't mean just to quietly praise God. It means to jump for joy. It means to spin around in celebration. I'll tell you, church, what's going to help us in these dark, difficult days is to press in in the place of praise and press in in the place of worship. Praise and worship is a powerful weapon that God is calling the church to. We got to pray to him and we need to give him praise. And I'm here to declare to you, Woodvale, we're going to give him praise. We're going to give him praise. There may not be money in the bank. There may not be lots going on that feels good on planet earth, but we're going to give him praise. We're going to give him praise. These might be dark days and we're not sure what's going to happen politically, economically, and spiritually in the nation of Canada, but we're going to give him praise. We don't know who's going to get in tomorrow in the election, but we're going to give Jesus praise. We're going to, come on, Whitfield, are you with me today? We're going to, we're going to, we're going to give him praise. We're going to give him praise. We're going to give him worship. We're not going to look down. We're going to look up. We're not going to look around us. We're going to look up. There may be no figs. There may be no olives. There may be no crops, no grapes, no cattle, no sheep, but yet I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say I'm gonna rejoice in the Lord. Things might be bad, but God is good all the time. Somebody give a clap offering of praise to our Lord God. I want to invite the band to come and join me on the platform. I want to take you to number six, rely. This is the final word, rely. Habakkuk says the sovereign Lord is my strength. You know what the word sovereign means? God's got this. I don't get it, 
but he's got this. And he is my strength. And I studied the Hebrew word for strength, and it speaks of stability and security. And that's the reason why Habakkuk says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. And I had no clue what the feet of a deer is like, but the answer's in our text. He enables me to tread on the heights. And I studied it, the deer and the mountain goats of those days, just like today, their feet are so stable and secure that they would climb the rocky clefts and they wouldn't fall. They would climb the mountains that no human can climb because humans would stumble. But their feet were secure and they're going to climb up the rocky mountain and they're going to get to the higher ground. And I'm here to say to you today, on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking stand. Jesus is my strength. God is my strength. Times are tough. God is good. I might not like all that's happening, but God is good. We might not like what we're facing, but God is our provider. Is there a witness in the house today? It may not seem fair, but God is in charge. So we're not going to sit back. We're going to press in, and we're going to push in in the place of praise and worship. Come on, get on your feet right now, front to back, up in the balcony. You're home watching online. Put your hands together right now and give one loud, come on, clap offering of praise to our Lord God. And so we're going to consider the cross because Jesus came and died for us. Amen. And people were lamenting because, because he died. But how many people are glad the grave is empty? Amen. So we're not going to stay in the place of lament, but we're going to start there. We're going to be authentic. Life is tough. I don't like what I'm walking through, but God, I give you my questions. I give you my complaints. I give you my concerns, but I'm going to segue from pain to praise, amen, from suffering to worshiping, from lamenting to celebrating. So I want there to be a shout of praise, of celebration in this place, and I feel the Lord saying to me right now, as we begin to praise, as we begin to worship, something is going to lift in the name of the Lord. Something is going to lift. Come on, pastor, lead away. This is give him worship. And I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree.
Bowed, everyone's eyes are closed. Whether you're here on site or you're watching online, if today was the day that you stepped into eternity, this is the day that Jesus come back, came back, and He is coming back. Are you ready for heaven? If this is the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, you've got no guarantee of the rest of the day. You've got no guarantee for tomorrow. And I'm calling you today to make sure that your heart is right with God. Today is the day of your salvation. Was there a time, a place, a moment that you personally asked Jesus to come into your life? Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You're watching today online and you're standing here on site and you, you can't answer that question with a definite yes, I'm ready for heaven. I'd have no greater joy than to lead you in this prayer. And we're going to join you as you pray this prayer. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I've decided to follow you. Today I confess that you are my Lord, my Savior. I want to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your eyes. Come on, Woodville. Celebrate. Come on, celebrate salvation. I believe there's people here on site, the people who are watching online, that you made a decision for Jesus. If that's you, you made the best decision of your life. And if you don't attend a life-giving, Bible-believing church, we'd be honored to have you join us in the journey. You're here on site. Drop by an exit table. We got a Bible for you and a little booklet called Follow. We got a follow class they can tell you about. They can help ground you in your faith. Take the next step. Get baptized in water. They'll tell you about that. If you're watching online and you accepted Jesus and you live somewhere in Canada or around the world, reach out to us. We're going to help you find a Bible-believing church in your area. Come on. Can we give it up again for all the first-time guests come on we're so glad that you're here today our guest lounge was filled with so many first-time guests in our first and second service and I'm sure the same in our third drop by an exit table we got a coffee card for you and we just want to bless you tonight at six o'clock all church prayer and I'm calling the house to pray we got we got to have the Habakkuk anointing get in our 
watchtower and call upon the Lord. Elections tomorrow, and the church needs to pray. Is there a witness in the house today? The church needs to pray. We need to get on our knees and pray. Six to seven, family friendly. Come as a family. Register online. I hope you can be Pastor Brad. I pray that this place will be so filled that Pastor Matt needs to open up the overflow rooms. Wouldn't that be exciting? And we're just believing for a great prayer night, 6 to 7. We've got some shut-ins that are watching right now. It's going to be offered online for you. But we really want to encourage you, if you can, to be on site. Now, some of you have come today ready to, to worship and giving of your tithes and offerings. In a couple of moments, as I close in prayer, there's buckets at the back, offering envelopes, and debit machines in the lobby. And if you'd like personal prayer after I pray, feel free to come and stand at the front on one of these lines. And there's a prayer team that's going to come forward and pray for you. Well, Evelyn and I love you so much. We pray peace on your mind and joy in your spirit and health in your body. We love you so much. And we're on a journey, and we believe the best is yet to come. You believe that today? Come on. The best is yet to come. I want you to lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father God, I know that this sermon has resonated with so many people this morning. I know that there's lamenting. I know that there's pain, there's struggles, there's mountains, there's problems, there's concerns, and there's questions. But God, we bring that to you. But God, help us to be like Habakkuk and spiritually get on the ramparts and stand in the watchtower and live out, God, these principles that we looked at today. And I pray, God, that, that worship and praise would be a powerful spiritual weapon that even though things aren't well, yet we will praise you. Thank you for this great church. Help us to live this out. Give us a great day, a great prayer meeting tonight, and a great week in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. God bless you, Whitville. We love you so much.